Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And today we have our first ever emergency pod as the Avalanche have made their first move for the upcoming trade deadline, acquiring Josh Manson from the Anaheim Ducks. You sure it's not John Manson? (laughs) Man, I typed fast, okay? I was typing fast. I had a great idea for a joke, and I wrote John Manson. So, of course, Drew Drew retweets it, and everyone sees it. It was great. It was a hilarious tweet, and it was just so funny that it's – you spell the name wrong. That's just pure us right there. So I, I didn't even notice I spelled it wrong until someone pointed it out in the comments. I was like, God, that was like 20 minutes later. So I'm like, well, I'm not taking it down now. It's too late now. It's too, too late, late now. now. It's already out there. If I take it back, it's not going to get attention. Yeah. That's all what I did, did you see what I did last night when I tweeted out what jersey I was going to wear to the game? I did not. I tweeted out instead of let's uh, like, let's win this game. I put let's win tie game, T-H-A-I. So spelling is not our strong suit. To say no. the least. My brain goes faster than my fingers go faster <laughs> than my brain. Now my mouth does too, apparently, because I can't talk. It's been a long day. I was not <laughs> expecting to do this pod. No, because it, this this happened for me at about six fifteen my time. It's it's been a it's been a day. I woke up. You just have a day. You wake up. You're just like, oh, nope. This Could is not going to be that kind of day. And I'm I'm just stumbling through most of the day. I get home. I'm ba- I'm basically like asleep, half asleep. And I get the thing on my phone and it's just like a rush of adrenaline just got shot up into my brain. I have been wired nonstop for the last two hours. So let's talk about the deal. The Avalanche acquire Josh Manson from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for Drew Hellison and a 2023 second round pick. This one, like we said, came out of nowhere, a bomb at a left field from Kevin Weeks and Elliot Friedman a week before the trade down. We literally just talked 24 hours ago about how dead everything is. And now the Avalanche drop this bomb on us and get what I think might be a perfect fit in Josh Manson. He's the top defenseman or was the top defenseman on the market this year. Um, I think the key part too, you got to mention when you make this trade is the Ducks are retaining 50% of uh, Manson's salary, which is huge. Big part. Huge. So his 4.1 cap, 4.1 million cap, it goes down to 2.1 million. Gives the Avs still a ton of flexibility going forward. Um, I don't think they're done in the trade market. They're not. But, but this trade, like you said, it, it's a perfect fit for the Avs. Like Josh Manson is the exactly what this team needed. He is a, a lockdown defenseman. He's a defenseman you can throw out there with anyone else's top forwards. He's going to play well. And he's great on the penalty kill. He's not great offensively. You don't need Josh Manson to be a high-scoring defenseman. You have Devon Taves, Kale McCarr, and Sam Adroid for that. You just don't. You don't need him. 
Um, so if he can be the lockdown defenseman, I was texting you earlier and I, I think we just got a better version of Ian Cole. Yeah. Essentially. A, a far more improved version of Ian Cole. I mean, you don't need Manson to score goals or drive play offensively. You need a guy like him who can play two minutes a game on the penalty kill. Like for the ducks, the ducks have the sixth best penalty kill in the league. And Manson has been one of the mainstays on that roster on the penalty kill. And, you know, I saw some people starting to tug their collars a little bit once, like, some of the analytics accounts started to put some stuff about Manson out there. You know, wins above replacement, he's bottom 16%. But you really start to break down into his micro stats and everything. You can see a lot of the things that he's good at. And you also have to remember, this guy's been on the Ducks for the last couple of years, and he suffered through some injuries in the past. You put him on the Avalanche's defensive structure in a second, third pair role, I, I don't see a way how he doesn't at least improve. And you also have to consider that everyone always begs the abs for size. They need size. They need physicality. They need this. Josh Manson is that in spades. This is a guy that the second the puck goes into the boards and into a corner is going to make you regret ever going after that puck. And that's what the abs need. They have, like you said, they have McCarr. They have Taze. They have Gerard, guys who can drive play offensively and be very good defensively. Josh Manson's the kind of guy, like kind of like we were hoping what EJ would be with Gerard this year, just that perfect complement to Gerard's game. I think Manson, you throw him on the second pair, you have a very nasty defense. We were talking uh, before this trade. Jack Johnson has been very serviceable this year, and it's a bummer that his minutes are going to go down. But this is exactly what you want Jack Johnson to be doing is playing that third role D pair. Cause that's what he was signed to do. And now you just have that flexibility with your defense. If Bowen Byron can come back and come back healthy, this decor is loaded, loaded this year. I, I don't know how you can find a better decor in the league. I mean, obviously you have Taze and McCarr. That's the best, the best defensive pair in the league. Then you, you can pretty much just do whatever you want in the bottom four at that point. Let's just say it's Gerard and Manson and then Byram and Eric Johnson. And then you have Jack Johnson, Ryan Murray, and Curtis McDermott, all as serviceable pieces, just scratched on a daily basis. You have essentially nine defensemen that you can play. That's what you need. That's depth. And other teams don't have that. And again, I know Josh Manson is not some analytical darling and everything, but where it matters, his analytics are good. And you, you, don't, you don't need him to score. That's not what he's going to be here for. It, it, AJ said it best on the DMVR podcast. He's a better version of Curtis McDermott, which first off, me, um, Curtis McDermott's fantastic. Uh, but he, he's not wrong. Uh, he, he is Curtis McDermott, except he's a very good defenseman. Um, so you take that. It's, it, it's a good addition for the abs. I'm really excited to see. It sounds like he could play as early as uh, – I'm going to get my days mixed up, Griffin. Is it Wednesday we play? We play tomorrow, Tuesday. We play, we play tomorrow? Yeah. He could play as early as tomorrow. Yeah, he could join the team out in California. I think he was in New York playing the Islanders yesterday, I believe. That would make sense. Yeah. I'm, I, don't, I didn't watch the game, but I think it was uh, in New York against the Islanders. But regardless, I didn't really identify Manson as a guy in our, our previews of the deadline, just because I wasn't really sure what the Ducks were going to do with him. And he's just been in rumors for so many years. Just like at a certain point, you, you tune him out like, oh, teams are interested in Josh Manson again. It's like, well, teams have been in on Josh Manson for like three years now. 
So at a certain point, you just stop believing it. But again, I love the fit here. And he's, he's a guy that suffered through some injuries a little bit in the past. And that can be a little bit concerning, but that's a concern with literally every player in the league. All it takes is one bad play and there's an injury and something, something else is he takes a lot of penalties. This could be like a defensive version of getting all the bell, but the way he plays when he's on the ice complements this team very well. He shuts down a lot of zone entries on defense. It's just like the main things that he struggles with are shooting, passing, and everything else perfectly fine, especially when you look at those zone entries, zone exits, and playing in his own zone. Very solid. He's and, very solid. Yeah. And when you look at some of his other stuff, you know, it's, you see like, oh, there's a plus six when he's on defense, which is not very good. But then you look at the Ducks defense without him on the ice, it gets worse. You know, I'm really, I'm not smart enough to really work out the correlations as to how that works. But I feel like there's something to be said about a guy working in a system, even if with isolated impacts, he isn't perfect. And again, you put Manson with this defense and when they're healthy and he's, he gets, he gets the system and everything. He gets a couple of games under his belt. I, d- I don't see how this doesn't work. Honestly, I, I think it's going to work out fantastic. And the part you just mentioned, if he gets injured, we just mentioned how much depth the abs have. We just mentioned it now on defense, how loaded we are. Um, so it gives you that depth and, I, I hopefully think he's going to he just came back from injury. If I remember right, like he was just hurt and he played the past couple games. If I remember right, I think I was reading that on Twitter before we hopped on here, but uh, he's, he's a really good addition. I think this could be a trade where it benefits both sides. Obviously drew Hellison was a very well-respected prospect for the abs. I wouldn't say he's as highly touted as some, but he, he was a good prospect. He's going to be a good NHL player. Um, but he's still probably two or three years away from cracking the abs lineup. And in two, I, three years, we have, we have no idea what the abs are going to be. We have no idea. So, yeah, and that, I think two to three years on the abs defense is, is generous. generous. I think, yeah. Cause he's close to being ready ish for the NHL. But the thing about Hellison is that you're hoping that he turns into Josh Manson someday. So would you rather have Josh Manson in four years? Or would you rather have him now for your cup run? And, you know, and I, I saw people saying like, oh, this was a fleece for the avalanche. They, they fleeced the Ducks. It, it wasn't. Hellison is, Hellison's a good prospect. The Ducks are getting a good return for Manson. And the second round pick for next year, they're definitely happy with that return. But it's, it's just a trade that works for everyone. It's because now we have Josh Manson as we load up for the cup run. Hellison gets to go to Anaheim where he is going to get a lot more playing time than he would here and potentially get crack an NHL lineup a lot sooner than he would here. And also probably get to play with Jamie Drysdale, which is not a bad thing at all for him. And the ducks get their futures. And for this season alone, they've already surpassed expectations. They're in somewhat of a playoff race. And now they get to add to their prospect pool and add another draft pick for next year. It's win, win, win all across the board. Yeah, the 50% retain was the biggest part to me in this trade. Because yeah. straight up, Hellison for uh, Manson doesn't seem like super good for the Avs in the second. But 50% retain, that's a totally fair deal for both sides. Like this is a win, like you just said, a win-win for both teams. Um, I really hope the best for Drew Hellison, but that's the thing with prospects. You never know what they're going to turn into. You never know. 
Yeah. And the abs right now are in that stage uh, as a franchise where you really just don't care. Like the goal right now is to win a Stanley cup. You've drafted your guys, you've developed your guys, you've built your team. And it's, it's like I said, not even 24 hours ago on the episode we recorded, you are never going to have a better chance than this. Maybe you're still great next year. I guarantee the West is not going to be as bad next year. And you don't know what's happening with your free agents. I don't really care what Drew Hellison is in four years from now. I really don't. I think he's going to be a great player. I think by the time he's 24, 25, he's going to be an NHL regular. And if we, if we don't win the Stanley cup this season, then people are going to look back at that trade and be like, wow, what a trade for the ducks. Got that for final 20 games of Josh Manson on an expiring contract, but that that doesn't matter right now, right now we're trying to win. And we have talked about for weeks, how the defense needs another guy. And even when I brought up Kulak a couple episodes ago, once I thought about that more, I'm like, I don't think Kulak is enough. And Josh Manson to me, perfect fit. You throw him with Sam Gerrard when he's healthy or just anywhere else in the lineup. You, you throw him with EJ out there. You throw him out there with Ryan Murray. I think you're doing just fine. He's the kind of guy that's going to plug up and down the second and third pair. He's going to be a staple on the penalty kill. And he's not Patrick Nemeth. That was that's the main, the key. That's, that's the key, key here. And I know that that's, that's partially a joke and also partially not. Last year, Sackick and the management group really skimped on the defense at the deadline. And it, it could have kind of used another piece. And they went out and got Patrick Nemeth, who actively cost them a playoff series. Josh and Manson Bo Byron was healthy. Yeah, and Bo Byron was healthy. Josh Manson's not that kind of guy. Josh Manson has been through it in the playoffs before. Obviously, he hasn't won, but the guy's 30 now and was on those, those good Ducks teams that made some pretty deep runs in the, the pretty recent past. And... The kind of guy that, yeah, he gets a lot of penalties called on him in the regular season, but when those penalties stop getting called in the playoffs, not a very invaluable guy to have, now is it? No, we can cheat our way to winning a cup. Yeah, everyone else cheats. Yeah, Everybody else cheats. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Same thing with the LTIR thing. Same thing with penalties in the playoffs. That's just how the system is. It sucks, so you better use it. Yeah, it sucks. And the thing is, is they have made this trade work without using the LTIR. Yeah, they're like, doing like Landis guy is not on LTIR yet and neither yeah. is Gerard. Yeah, like they, they they made this trade work, which I still think they're going to put one of those two on LTIR because. I mean, yeah, we're talking about Landis not being around till the end of the season. It doesn't make sense not to put him on LTIR. Yeah. I think they'd they be, have they, to, don't they? Be, yeah, it'd be irresponsible not to. Um, so you put him on LTIR. Uh, Pierre Lebrun tweeted out as we were recording that he doesn't think the abs are done. Um, but it does crack us up. Me and Griffin were talking about this a little bit off air, how the abs, we were wondering when was the last time the abs had a story get broken out about them that they don't break out themselves. You know what I mean? Uh, like, not, not one that we can think of because yeah. basically like there's been nothing about the abs other than, well, the Claude Giroux rumors and other just complete made up nonsense. And then this one just breaks out of nowhere. I thought it was hilarious that three hours prior, I'm listening to 32 Thoughts in class, and Elliot Friedman just drops the worst rumor of all time. It was like, well, uh, someone told me they wouldn't be surprised if the uh, the Avalanche and the Leafs were talking. You know, they've made trades in the past, but I just don't know what that would be. Just the most word salad bullshit I have ever heard. Just completely and utterly meaningless. And then this drops. 
six hours later. Yeah, it, pretty funny. That just shows how under either this came together in a matter of hours or this was the most under wraps thing because insiders have to be starving for info right now with just how barren all of this has been. I, I have a hard time believing that this one stayed under wraps for this long. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. So my advice, bet on the avalanche every single night. Seems to work most of the time. And if DraftKings Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests, just like me. Just about every single day, you can play for as little as a dime or for just about as much as you want. Set a lineup under the salary cap and just give it a run. What's the worst that can happen? DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposits. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, it's funny that Kevin Weeks broke it too because you wouldn't even consider him an insider. That's what's funny about this. He's, he's gotten some in the last. He's gotten some. He's, he's, he's like in he, get, he gets a couple big ones every year, especially well, now he's, he's in tune with the abs. He's yeah. in tune with the abs. Oh yeah, he broke the McDermott trade too. Uh, did I ever, this was before you were on the show. But I ever tell you the story about how I was driving and got that notification, and I was like, "Who is Man McDermott? I've never <laughs> heard of this guy." Because he wrote D Man McDermott oh. without without the dash. I was like, "Who is Man McDermott?" <laughs> and I didn't stop to think He's about it until I got home, and I was like, "Oh, Curtis McDermott." Yeah. Oh. Well, he got the he got the JoJo trade right too. He did. So, yeah. Kevin Weeks may be our guy when it comes to abs. Maybe Joe oh, yeah, Sackett. He might be Joe Sackett's best friend. Yeah, it could be. Um, so it's it's great. The abs are just sneaky some bitches. Like, do you remember when the Brandon Saad trade happened? I didn't recall that becoming like big news until it was official. Like the abs will Devontae's, just all of a sudden be in on Devontae's. Yeah. No, no insider broke that one. That was no. from the abs account. Yeah. Like it's it's just an iron building that no one gets into. So it's like just um, the Joe Sackick is the best general manager, just period. Yeah. And you know, he's I, top five. Yeah. And uh, I, I really do look at this trade in a similar vein as a, a Barkley Goodrow for Tampa Bay before they won two straight cups. It might be a little much, you know, Hellison end a second for a guy who is at most going to play on your second pair for 25% of the season is a lot to give up. I will say that. I also said that about Barkley Goodrow when Tampa got him and Barkley Goodrow was a perfect fit for them. So was Blake Coleman when they got him. And Josh Manson is a perfect fit for this team right now. And if you go on and you win a Stanley cup this season, who fucking cares what Drew Hellison turns into? It doesn't matter. It's just funny to think about it because it's so unsackic in his GM ways to do this. Like it's very Pierre Lacroix to do where it's just like, yeah, fuck the prospects, man. <laughs> fuck the prospects, fuck the picks. 
right, I'm going for a cup. And it worked for the Adam. I won two cups with it. And I'm sure Sackick is looking for more long-term success. But like you said, we've drafted and developed so many players. And our scouting department has proven that with the draft picks they get, they can find good players. And the in, like the pool of prospects in this in the world right now is way better than it's ever been before. So yeah, I respect going for it. And it feels good to know that Sackick's going all in. Like to reference it for you, like what, what was it like? What was your mentality when the Caps traded for Kevin Shattenkirk way back in the day? Uh, back in the day when they traded for Shattenkirk, I lost my fucking mind. It, I was like, it was a big deal. It was a huge deal. And But the thing was, once you really sat and thought about it for a second, they didn't need him. No, they, they needed someone else, obviously. He didn't really fit what they were trying to do because they already had John Carlson before he turned into today's John Carlson. That's back when he was still passable. So the, Shattenkirk really didn't have a place on that team. And they gave up uh, a first, and I think Zach Sanford to get. And they also got Phoenix Copley back in that trade, which was weird. But like, that's the thing. Like, Zach Sanford's a good, yeah, a good Sanford's player. Sanford's a good player. I, I think we, I think that first round pick turned into Tage Thompson. I might be wrong about He's that. He's on Buffalo now. Yeah. I think you may be right. I think you may be right. But like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, sure. Tage Thompson's a good NHL player. He wasn't good until this year. Yeah, this is the and, this is the first like Tage Thompson up until this season was a punchline. People yeah. thought he was terrible. Actually, it was a uh, Morgan Frost because that pick got traded to Philly. I mean, that's he's an adequate NHL player. Yeah, he Look, is, in the he, moment. I think he's he's got eight points in thirty two games yeah. this season. He was drafted in twenty seventeen. And that's the thing: the Caps took their shot. They didn't win, but it's not like that thing came back to bite him in the ass. Yeah, I mean, like, it looked like when you're going into the draft, like oh, they, they don't have a ton of draft picks. You know, what are they going to do? Look at the Blue Jackets right now, they went all in in 2019. They got Matt Duchesne and they got Ryan Dezingle. Like they traded all of the, I don't think they had a pick until like round five or six. They're fine. I know fine. they bottomed, I know they bottomed out a little bit and got a ton more draft picks in years to come, but like, they're fine. You can survive without a ton of draft picks for like two to three Dude, years. The Blue Jackets are a perfect example of what it's like to do a quick rebuild. The Blue Jackets could be good in like two years yeah. with all the first round picks they have. You know, if they and hit those picks. A team like the Capitals, a team like them burns draft picks in the sun all the time. I think a better example is the Penguins. How many first-round picks have the Penguins <laughs> had since 2012? I think, two. I think the answer is three. Yeah, two I or think, three. I it's think not they, yeah, and they they traded one of their like their 15th overall pick for Kasperi Kapanen a couple years ago. They are not shy about trading firsts. If you're a well-run team, you don't really need them. Because you can find guys to come in and replace them. And it's not like the Penguins struggle to be good year over year just because they don't have a ton of prospects. And every time they get a good prospect, they are more likely than not sending it into the sun. As <laughs> long as you have a smart management group that knows how to fill in the talent around them, you don't really need it. The key is having those star players, and the Avs have star players. In spades. They have McKinnon. They have Ranton. They have McCarthy. I mean, they have a top three player in the world on offense and the best defenseman in the world on defense. Even if they didn't have Landeskog and Rantanen, you can still find a way to win with just those two with a smart yeah. management group. And the yeah. fact that they have built a as good a team around them as this, I don't. You're you're just gonna find another Drew Hellison at another draft, maybe in two to three years from now, and then he's gonna get traded as well. And the thing about Hellison and trading him now 
for him to have ever played with the abs, he would also have to survive next year's deadline. Yeah. There, Drew Hellison was never going to play for this team. Nope. It, and he wasn't, no one was expecting him to be that good when we drafted him. Yeah. And he's really blossoming his own. So it, it's a good trade. If you're a player on the abs, you know that your management's going for it. They want you to win. And the only thing that I think would be concerning to me, but I don't think Manson will do this, is just the characters in the room. But Manson's an alternate captain for Anaheim. I don't think he'll be a cancer to the group at all. Um, he'll be fine. I, I am excited to get this over with. I'm sure a lot of those players like JT Comfer and Tyson Jost are excited to get this over with to figure out what's going on with them. Um, because I can only imagine the stress of knowing, well, I play for a championship contender right now, but I could be going to Philadelphia next week. <laughs> like, yeah. like we, I could, I could either be hoisting a Stanley cup in June, or I could be on the other end of a, a delusional organization for like the next five years of my life. Again, I find out all of that in the next five weeks, but going back to what you said about Manson in the locker room, uh, there was a quote from, I think his agent or a source close to him earlier today that basically said, if he could have handpicked a team to get traded to, it would be the abs. And it's, it's obviously hard to say no to them right now. And he had a 12 team, no trade list, I think. Mm-hmm. When it comes to no trade clauses for guys who are out there right now, I can guarantee to you that the abs are not on it. First of all, it is Colorado, one of the most beautiful places in the country. And right now, the best team in the NHL with the best chance to win a Stanley Cup. If you're not accepting a trade there right now, you have a personal vendetta against the city. That is the only reason. Yeah, we become a premier destination to go. And that's pretty damn cool because three years ago or four years ago, we were not. <laughs> So crazy what winning does. Yeah, it's crazy. But I, I, I love the trade. I don't think the abs are done. Manson's a great fit. And I still think Claude Giroux, just judging off of how this trade went down, I wouldn't be surprised if Claude Giroux is still very much a power player for the abs. Yeah, I've, I still think they're going to go out and get Claude Giroux if a deal makes sense. He yeah. plays his thousandth game on Thursday. It's just my only concern with Giroux is that he just seems so downtrodden right now that he never thought he would be in this kind of position and that he seems like the kind of guy that wants to be a flyer for life, but also acknowledges like, well, I should go and chase a cup. Like I don't want 75% Claude Giroux. Yeah, that's fair. If you're, I want Claude Giroux, but I also want him to be invested in winning here and not just, okay, well, I'll, I'll go see if I win a cup and then I'll go back to Philly. I think the fear with Claude Giroux is the same thing that happened last year with uh, Nick Foligno going to the Leafs. He didn't want to get traded from Columbus. Well, Felino also was like hurt most of the time. Yeah. He was hurt, but he didn't. Did he even score a goal for the Leafs? No. I think he only scored. Yeah, he didn't score a goal. He, he never scored. Yeah. So I, if it's not Giroux, I don't know who else they get. I, like, because hurdles off the board, like we talked about, because the Sharks are stupid. And Giroux's really like the only, like, okay, this guy moves the needle for the Avalanche because the, there's not really many players in the league that move the needle for a team this good. Cause once you get past Giroux, we're kind of going back to the Anaheim. Well, are we talking Ricard Raquel? Like. He'd be okay. He makes so much sense I, for like a St. Louis to get and yeah, expect. I, big I just things don't out think Ricard, I, th- I don't think Ricard Raquel's that good, honestly. Yeah, No, but you know what this trade does too? It has to drive the price down on Ben Chirot. It has to. Oh my God. The, the, the fact that the Habs ever thought they were getting a first for Ben Sherratt is insanity. 
So that one's probably going down to just a second alone, if that. Because maybe ben a prospect. Is not Ben Sherrod is not that good. No. So I mean, that would be. It has to drive his price down, but it, it does kind of set the tone for what these big players are going to get. Yeah, you know what I mean, like I'm I'm just quickly running through like the trade bait list and everything. Once you get past Claude Giroux, it's middle six guys for the most part, yeah. maybe outside of like Brock Besser, but that's a very like rare. That's an off season trade. That's an off season trade, and other guys like Garland. That's a guy with four years of term left. Like in, in terms of in terms of expiring contracts that you can swing for the fences with, it's it's Claude Giroux or you're picking at the you're picking around the edges. Yeah. And that, that's okay. They added the defense in which I think is what they needed. So um a forward would be nice, but if JT Comfer and this third line play the way they played last night, we'll be okay. Yeah. Like Claude Giroux is just if you get him. Great. If you don't, I think we also have to acknowledge that maybe we just wanted something that we didn't need for the last two yeah. months. Like, cause you, you just don't know if the deal makes sense. Cause I, one thing I do want to mention, I, I also think this deal takes Justin Barron off the board, at least, oh, yeah. at least for this deadline, because you need, you need something in the system and it doesn't, it doesn't make a ton of sense to trade your last good defensive prospect for a forward. It makes no sense, but it's going to be one of those things where if the Avs don't get Drew, that just opens up the possibilities for Sackett to do what he does best, and that's off-season trades. Because you still have your first-round pick for 2023 if you don't get him. Like, it's not the end of the world. We made the big trade and got the piece that we needed that I think makes this team a more solidified Stanley Cup favorite. Yeah, and and like... Cause that's the thing. Like, I felt like this is like the only thing we needed to do. Like you, you needed another guy getting another guy on offense, especially a guy in the top six would be nice, but is it needed? Not really getting another guy for the bottom six. I feel like is a little more necessary. Maybe a guy you get for like a fourth round pick or a third round pick or something like that. I feel like you, it wouldn't hurt to get another one but you don't need that top six guy. It'd be nice if you can get him and a deal works out. But again, I'm going to draw out my word. You don't need it. Yeah, you you don't need it. I can't believe Lawson Krause just scored in the Coyotes game. That's ridiculous. Um, Sorry, totally off topic. You don't don't need him. Um, But maybe it's Lawson Krause. Yeah, that's (laughs) Patrick tonight, man. Yeah, and three goals on nine shots, and they're all his. That's crazy. The Senators should be dominating this game. When did Scott Wedgwood get good at goalie? Um, but I would, to get back to the Avs, if we don't get Claude Giroux now, I feel okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. If we get him sweet, if not, I kind of like Sackick more in the offseason when he can prey on teams who are stupid. I will. Chuck Fletcher is very much at the top of that list right yeah. now in terms of teams that are stupid. Yeah. I mean, there's also the fact like Travis Konechny has been rumored to be out there recently. Travis Sanheim's name has entered the board. Ivan Provorov's name has entered the board recently. He's been bad this year. He he's has been bad. bad. No, trust me, I know. I drafted him very early in yeah. fantasy. I know he's been bad, but he's he has potential to be a lot better outside of Philly. So if there's if there's a team you're targeting right now and circling like a vulture, it is Philly, even if it's oh, yeah. not for even if it's not for Claude Giroux. Yeah, you know, like a player I would love to get from them, but he's hurt is Sean Couturier. Oh, I love Sean Couturier. I, I'm just, I was actually mad when they signed him to a huge extension because yeah. I Sean Couturier 
on the abs gross yeah it makes a ton of sense but i mean for an emergency podcast we, we just cranked out a lot we'll probably do another one here next monday because hopefully this isn't the last deal we have to talk about but uh this team is going to be really good now they're going to continue to be really good and i love this trade yeah it's a great deal it's a it's a deal that helps us win this season and that's really all that matters right now it fits our needs and helps us going forward when we need him, especially right now when we need another defenseman with yeah. Gerard out. It makes so much sense now why they never called someone up. We should have known something was up, but we're yeah. just too dumb. I mean, we should, we really should know better with Sackick at this point. Yeah. He's there's a reason for everything he does. There's never just a, he, he never just does anything for fun. There's a reason. So I'm interested to see, I'm excited for tomorrow's game. Now, if we, if we get to tomorrow's game and Josh, Manson plays. I almost called him John. Um, My fault. Yeah, it's all good. If he plays, I am so excited for that. Like, it makes this California road trip worth staying up for. Yeah, because it's a it's going to be a late one, especially for me. Thank God it's not on Wednesday, so I can at least go to bed afterwards. But regardless, uh, I got I don't have much else for this emergency pod. I did not expect to do this one today, even as recently as three hours ago. I did not expect to be doing this, so I was not prepared at all. But I I think we did all right. We, we handled ourselves okay. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> we're somewhat professionals. We're, we're somewhat. I think some, some people would consider that. Yeah. I'm not going to tell them otherwise. Yeah, exactly. If they want to keep telling us that, I'm cool with it. <laughs> but yeah, so I think for an emergency pod with where I have nothing written down and I'm just looking at uh, stats on Twitter, I think, we did, I think we did all right for this one. So I'm good to wrap it here. Yeah, I'm good too. Let's call it a show. Let's call it. All right. We will be back on Thursday morning after the Kings game to talk about how that one goes and hopefully talk about Josh Manson's debut with the Avalanche. But the Avalanche make their first move of the deadline, and I I can almost guarantee it's not going to be their last. I can also guarantee this might get the ball rolling for the deadline. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of trades coming in here pretty soon. Because Sackick is a trendsetter. Now GMs are going to be like, oh, crap. Now I have to go to work again and get my paycheck. Damn it. So, yeah, uh, there's, there's going to be plenty of stuff to talk about over the next week or so. Avalanche make the first move, get Josh Manson. And that's it for us on this edition of the Tell It As It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so very much for joining us for this emergency pod edition of the show. And we will catch you all next time on Thursday. Enjoy the rest of your week.